My name is Abe. I'm the senior pastor here at Phraselands Church. Welcome to AEID, an evening in December. This is our annual Christmas Eve gathering of our community uh, to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so whether you're joining us at home online or whether you're here in person, welcome to uh, this event. I just, uh, just mentioned a couple of uh, COVID protocols before we begin. And so first, uh, unless you have a speaking role tonight on stage here, I'd like to ask you to please keep your mask on at all times while you're seated, while you're singing. If you're going to the bathroom, just keep your mask on at all times while inside the building. Secondly, uh, if you can also, we're trying to keep physical distancing, and I don't think it's too much a problem here right now, but if you can stay in the roles that you're at and not cross any of the roped areas, that would be great. We appreciate that. And then thirdly, uh, if you need to make your way to the washroom, you go out the doors, and then just to the left, there's a men's room and women's room there. We just ask that you keep uh, three, a maximum of three people per washroom. If you see uh, three people in there already, maybe just wait outside until uh, someone's done and then proceed inside. I'd like to also mention before we start, uh, some of you have been wondering, did the Christmas hampers make it to Lytton and to Merritt this past week? Well, we found out just on Wednesday, and with some pictures of that, that uh, yes, indeed, uh, the hampers did make it to Lytton. Uh, they were flown there by plane. They got there by helicopter. They got there by trucks. And so these are just, uh, oh, so this picture here, you can stop there for a sec. We had police escort. We had police helping us, directing traffic, and also helping us bring these hampers to Lytton. And then the last picture uh, is a picture of the hampers that made it to Merritt, just a hour or two away from, uh, from Lytton. So we thank God that we're able to provide over 200 hampers to these areas uh, that have been so devastated by the fire and the flooding this past year. Let's begin our evening tonight. So over the past four weeks, we have lit candles, which represent God's hope, God's peace, God's joy, and God's love. And tonight, on Christmas Eve, we'll light the candle that's at the very center of all the other candles. And we call this the Christ candle. And so as we light this candle tonight, and as we keep Christ at the very center of our lives, even as we're going through much anxiety, much uncertainty in our world today, we will experience God's hope, God's peace, God's joy, and God's love in our lives as well. You know, how wonderful it would be for each and every one of us would we just allow the words of Scripture uh, to penetrate into our hearts, to penetrate into our minds and into our very souls this year as well. When the angel said in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord, when we uh, look at the candles... We're reminded that you are in the center of all these candles, but you are also in the center of our hope, 
our longing for joy. You are the source of our love and our peace. Lord, we praise you because you are the wonderful counselor. You are the mighty God. You are everlasting Father, and you are our Prince of Peace. But Lord, we thank you for your wonderful promises. But even with these promises today, Lord, we admit our souls feel very fragile. We're fragile because of the many losses we've experienced this past year. We may feel fragile because of the anxiety and the weariness of the season. But Lord, we are also reminded that you came from your throne in heaven and you became a fragile, tender baby amongst us in our chaotic and confused world. Lord, you indeed stepped into darkness, but you overcame the darkness through your work on the cross and your resurrection. Lord, we're reminded today um, that we can gather, whether here in this building or in our homes, um, we're able to worship you um, together and worship with all the saints and all the angels around your throne and with all the cloud of witnesses of those have come before us through the ages, Lord, that we can still worship you and that nothing separates us from your love and that, Lord, all the glory is due your name, even in this crazy global pandemic. And so, Lord, tonight we welcome you we long for you. We praise you because you are God, Emmanuel. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as we light this candle, the Christ candle, not only does it remind us that Jesus is the light of the world, but that God is with us. Emmanuel, his hope, his peace, his joy, and his love is with us. Because Jesus is with us always. Amen. Hi, I'm Nuna. This scripture reading tonight is from Matthew 1, 18 to 25. I'm going to read the verse 18 in English and the rest in Cantonese. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to J Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But 這一切的事成就是要應驗主席先知所說的話說必有同女懷孕生子人要稱他的名為以馬內利以馬內利就是神與我們同在若失醒了
起来，就遵着主使者的吩咐，把妻子娶过来，只是没有和他同房，等他生了儿子，就给他起名叫耶稣。
Is it working? Oh. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I will be reading Luke's Gospel in English and Portuguese. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire, entire Roman world. Este, o primeiro recenseamento, foi feito quando Quirindo era governador da Síria. Todos iam alistar-se, cada um a sua própria cidade. José subiu da Galileia, da cidade de Nazaré, para a Judéia, a cidade de Davi, chamada Belém, por ser ele da casa e família de Davi. A filha de alistar-se com Maria, sua esposa, que estava grávida. Estando eles ali, aconteceu, completaram-se-lhe os dias, e ela deu à luz a seu primogênito, enfaixou e o deitou numa manjedoura, porque não havia lugar para eles na hospedaria. You can stand for the next song. Desire of nations 
seated. The next reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 20. I will be reading in English and Mandarin. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watching over the flocks at night. 有主的使者站在他们旁边，主的荣光四面照着他们。牧羊的人就甚惧怕。那天使对他们说：“不要惧怕，我报给你们大喜的信息是关乎万民的。因今天在大卫的城里为你们生了救主，就是主基督。” 你们要看见一个婴孩，抱着布，卧在马槽里，那就是记号了。忽然有一大队天兵同那天使赞美神说：“在至高之处，荣耀归于神。”在地上平安归于他所喜悦的人。众天使离开他们，升天去了。牧
I'll be reading from the Gospel of Luke in English. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus! Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. This is the birth, the dwelling, the matriarch, the inhabiting, the belonging, the communing, the everything in between, the humanness, the sacred, the divine, death, the lamb. He embodies solidarity, living heaven on earth of spirit and of flesh, in the brown body of Jesus, in the face of injustice. He embodies solidarity and humble servitude to all his beloved neighbors. Injustice with the women, the crippled, the blind, the sick. He embodies solidarity in the swells of grief, 
and in the wells of joy, in dignifying communities for the othered. He embodies solidarity to come to know, to help, to love, to die, to restore love, the restoration and renewal that is to come. And so, this is the Lamb, the death, the divine, the sacred, the humanness, the everything in between, the communing, the belonging, the inhabiting, the matriarch, the dwelling, the birth. We behold the birth of love. We embody the love of Christ incarnate. We experience the rebirth of us. Streaming down in Babylon, grieving life that didn't have to end, asking God to justify the pain, never knowing He would feel the same. Powerful oppressed the prophecy. Shepherds passing through have found a key. Said that we will call him Lord. 
heaven's angel came to let us know that we travel from across his throne so we travel from across this land seeking out the new and precious land the one who came and made time stand still when heaven opened up that God so will All right, have a good nap, honey. I love you. No, you don't need another tissue. I already sang you a song. I'm not coming back. Go to sleep.
Hi, Mom. You can't see me. You, you didn't FaceTime me. It's just a normal call. Mom, if you want to talk, no, it's a normal call. That means you can't see me on the screen. Oh, I don't want to FaceTime. You're my mother. You know what I look like? <sighs> Another day. It's just one of those days, okay? No, I'm not sitting on the couch. I'm being productive. Uh, I'm, I'm cooking. Yeah. Um, spaghetti. Yep. It's coming along really well. Yeah. It'll be ready. <sighs> Whatever. Anyway, how are you? Yes. Both kids are down for the nap, which means freedom, yes. But I have so much to do, so it's really just freedom to do chores. <sighs> well, not Christmas things. I mean, Christmas is basically canceled again. It's make plans and cancel them, 2.0, just like last year. It's so disappointing. Yeah. Well, this was going to be the first time in two years that the kids were gonna get to see the cousins. But we had to cancel it. I know, but it is a bummer, you have to admit that. It's really disappointing. We should be grateful, yes, we are safe and with our families, but sometimes it's just boring, you know? No, there's nothing new. Nada, zilch. Well, actually, we did just get some new neighbors. Oh, mom. I haven't met them yet. You can't meet strangers in COVID. Hi, have some germs. <laughs> that just, that's not a good way to make friends. And anyway, I lost any social skills that I might have had previously. I'm a social cripple. Yeah, like small talk, it doesn't happen anymore. Oh, wait. I think. <gasps> I see them. My new neighbors. They're pulling up. Yeah, I haven't seen them yet. Oh my gosh, I think they saw me. Oh, this is so embarrassing. This is not the first impression I wanted to make. And now I have to stay down until they're inside. <sighs> they're gonna think I'm such a creep. <gasps> I think they just, I think they're at my door. What do I do? My, the place is a disaster. I can't let them in. Oh, you're right, they know I'm here. Oh my gosh, well, no, mom, I can't let them in. Can you, oh, yes, okay, <sighs> fine. Okay, bye, mom. <sighs> oh. <sighs> okay, <sighs> maybe I should tuck my socks. for me to be here. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Ben. 
I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we have so much great stuff happening here at Fraserlands, and uh, I feel so grateful to be here uh, after uh, my wife and Esther and that video essay from Solomon and the music team. I think we've just had such an excellent uh, evening. And if I've learned anything by sitting here in the audience is that Jesus Christ, his coming, affects us all in many different ways. And the Christmas message is for us in so many ways. Well, what I want to say to us tonight is that the good news of Christmas is that God has moved into the neighborhood. God has moved into the neighborhood. We believe that Jesus Christ is God with us, and at Christmas, we remember that he has come. He has come into the neighborhood. And maybe I'll put it this way. Jesus is a nosy neighbor. Jesus is a nosy neighbor. Because he comes and he knocks on our door. Jesus Christ comes and he wants to get to know us a little bit more than we're ready sometimes. And he's knocking. And he knocks because he loves us. And he knocks on issues. He comes to talk to us about things that are important. And he comes to meet us in our lives. And there are some people excited about that. And there are some people that are nervous to meet Jesus when he knocks. I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of an author. Her name was Dorothy Sayers. Dorothy Sayers was uh, quite famous about 60 years ago. They called her the female C.S. Lewis. She was an Oxford graduate. Uh, she actually was the first woman to receive a degree from Oxford ever. Uh, quite, quite an amazing person. And she got famous for writing mystery detective novels. And her most famous novels were about a character named Lord Peter Whimsey. There were books, and they got turned into movies. And uh, they did quite well. And she wrote quite a number of these books. And uh, after having written uh, uh, several of them, uh, Lord Peter Whimsey was single, and she introduced a character uh, partway through all the stories named Harriet Vane. Get this. Harriet Vane was an Oxford graduate. She was the first woman in the history in the fiction to graduate from Oxford, and Harriet Vane was a detective writing mystery novelist. Does that sound familiar? And Henry, Henriette Vane, sorry, Harriet Vane, in the story, meets Lord Peter Whimsey, falls in love, and marries him, and has quite an interesting romance story with him. What happened? Well, uh, she, uh, Dorothy Sayers never wrote about this, but um, we think she fell in love with her character, Lord Peter Whimsey, and she wrote herself into the novel. She saw that he was lonely, and he needed to be reformed a little bit. And she wrote herself in. She looked into the world that she had made and fell in love with the character. So, and she wrote herself in so she could be with him. And that's what Christmas is, actually. God looked down at us at the story he had written. And because he saw we were lonely, because he loved us, he wrote himself into the story. God 
has moved into the neighborhood. He has written himself into this detective novel that we all live, and he's turned it into a romance. And at Christmas time, we remember that God has come, and he has come to talk to us. He has come to meet us. He has come to know us, and he is knocking on the door. Jesus Christ comes and knocks on the door. I have a little verse from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It's a lovely little verse. It says this, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they will eat with me. I want to give us an invitation tonight to hear the voice of Jesus and open the door. I want to invite every single person to hear the voice of Jesus and open the door. And I know this will be both an invitation and also a challenge. The invitation to hear the voice of Jesus is a wonderful invitation. I know many people have come here stressed. You just finished your school season or a work season, and you've had no space in your life. Many people have come here tonight lonely and broken. I know many people just want to spend time with Jesus and haven't been able to do so. And there is an invitation tonight. The Christmas invitation is to open the door to Jesus Christ, to have him dwell with you in your busy life to set aside some time, to set aside some time so he can talk to you. But this is also a challenge because when Jesus Christ comes, he comes as Lord. And some of us are uncomfortable opening the door. I think that's what my wife's little play was about. When Jesus Christ knocks, we have all kinds of reasons that we are nervous to open the door. And in the Christmas story, we see characters that hesitate and characters that refuse to open the door too. So I want to challenge us. You know, we have here a couch on the stage, and we have a door. And Jesus uses this picture of the house we live in because the house we live in is our personal space. During COVID, so few of us have gone into each other's homes. We've become even more private than we were. But Jesus Christ wants to enter the most personal, private parts of our lives as Lord. So, a challenge and an invitation. Let's look at this verse together. I'm going to say a few things quickly about this verse. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. A great verse. Okay, so I'll read it one more time. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they will eat with me. A great Christmas verse, even though it's from Revelation. In this verse, Jesus does two things. He wants two things, and he promises two things. He does two things. He wants two things and promises two things. Okay, so firstly, Jesus does two things. He stands, and he knocks. Those are the two things he does. So the picture is you're at home, like Kelsey, and Jesus Christ is outside the door, standing there and knocking. It's a spiritual picture of your heart, your soul, your life. The the house is a picture of who we are as people. 
And the, what Jesus is doing is vigorous. I've heard it said that Jesus Christ is gentle and you know, knocks gently. And when I looked at this verse, it actually is not gentle at all. The word for knocking is the same word when Peter was outside the house at midnight and people wouldn't let him in, and he had to wake them up. It's uh, pounding on the door. Jesus Christ is pounding on the door. Um, it's an illusion from an Old Testament poem of a man seeking his lover. He's pursuing his lover. That's the picture, actually. Uh, and we shouldn't be surprised. Jesus Christ is eager to come in. He really wants to be in. He's not satisfied with a no. He knocks on the door and he keeps on knocking until we respond. And this is what God has been like all throughout the Bible story. When Adam and Eve hid, God called out his voice. When Elijah went on the mountain to sulk <laughs> by himself, God met him gently and firmly. When Peter denied Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ went and met with him and asked him three times, do you love me? God has always sought people. He was always been pounding on the door. And we know that. And yet, all of us are surprised when we find him pounding on our door, aren't we? We're not surprised when we see him working in somebody else's life. But when he comes to you and knocks on your door, we're always a bit shaken by it. But he'll keep knocking. He'll keep knocking until we open. He'll keep knocking. This is a picture of what Jesus Christ is like. He knocks on doors and he stands there until we open. So Jesus does two things and he wants two things. We get the verse again. It says, look, uh, here I am. It's, look, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door. So he wants us to do two things, hear and open. He wants us to hear his voice and open. We close parts of our lives to God, don't we? Sometimes we close our whole lives off or little parts. Uh, this verse, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, is from a letter to a church called Laodicea. And what, what Jesus is saying to the church is that they've become lukewarm. That's the word for this church. They're lukewarm. They have no passion. They're half-hearted. Their deeds are partial. And Jesus has come to them, and he's knocking. And he wants them to listen and open. And really, this is a metaphor for repentance. Really, this is a metaphor for changing our lives and submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus walks through the door, we're opening to the Lord of the universe. When we welcome him into our lives, we're welcoming the king. And when he comes, he comes as a king. That's why some people don't want him to be there. I guess the question for each of us is what door is closed? What is the door that Jesus Christ is knocking on in your heart tonight? Because Jesus has come. He's written himself into the story. He's moved into the neighborhood. He's knocking on your door. And what door is he knocking on? Let me just work with the metaphor here for a second. There will be some people that Jesus is knocking on the front door. There are some people that don't know Jesus personally. They've heard about him, and they've never welcomed him in. 
There's some people that need to welcome Jesus in for the first time. I just want to make a little plug. Uh, we have a program here at Fraser Lands called Alpha. Um, we have an English, Cantonese, and Mandarin one. We're running the English one starting on March 20, 30th. It's 12 Wednesdays, uh, and we hope to be able to run it in person. Fingers crossed, COVID, whatever. We hope we'll see. We are going to run it. And um, uh, we have it in Cantonese and Mandarin too. The Alpha program is a chance for you to get to know Jesus. If you don't know who he is or you want to learn more about him, I really encourage you. If you want to think about opening the door to Jesus the first time, Alpha would be a great place for you to ask some questions and learn the first time. So some people need to open the front door. However, uh, some people need to open their living room to Jesus. You know, many of us are very busy and don't spend any time with him. Confess, I'm guilty of that too. I'm a busy guy, I got kids. I think that's the word for me tonight. I need to open my living room to Jesus. I need to invite him to sit down and listen to him. Maybe we need to invite Jesus into our planner, too. We're all working from home. Maybe you need to invite Jesus into the office space where you work, where you study. I don't know. Do you bring Jesus with you as you work, as you go to the computer, as you talk? Is Jesus Christ in your office room? Maybe you need to bring Jesus uh, into your neighborhood. Maybe he's speaking to you these days and saying, it's time to reach out to your neighbors, and you need to bring him into your neighborhood. I could keep going. I think Jesus Christ is knocking on everyone's door tonight. I, I want to encourage you to take the time to listen to his voice and open the right door. So Jesus does two things. He knocks and he stands. He wants two things, and finally... Jesus promises two things in this verse. Let's get the verse one more time. One more time. Here I am, I stand at the door, and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Jesus Christ is knocking, and he knocks like a Lord. But when he comes in, he comes in as a friend. Jesus Christ calls us to submission and repentance. And when we submit and when we repent, we find a friend. And not just a friend, a friend who is the Lord of the universe, a friend who knows everything about us. And what he's offering is fellowship. The image is eating. He says, I want to come into your house, hang out, and have a meal. A meal is a picture of spending time, sharing hearts, and friendship. It's a picture of joy. It's a picture of peace. Christmas is a story of joy. I love the word joy. All around the Christmas story, wherever we look, we see joy. We see shepherds. The shepherds go and they see the baby and they run away with joy. We see the wise men. They come to Jesus Christ and they bow down and worship and they give him gifts. We see Mary who hears about these things and treasures them in her heart. All these characters, when they interact, when they invite Jesus in, they submit to him as Lord of the world, the King, the Son of David, and the Savior of the world. 
But when they do, they find there is joy. You know, I've said this before. I sing Christmas carols all year long. You can ask my wife. Maybe I start in something like June. Um, I really like Christmas carols. I like the, they kind of connect us to the past. They're one of the few very traditional parts of our culture that have stayed. And one of the great messages of the carols is joy. We are about to sing, joy to the world. Uh, the Lord comes, let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. We have just sung, O come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirit uh, by thine advent, thy coming here. O disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's despair, dark shadow, put to flight. The coming of Jesus is joy. And when I sing the carols, I kind of feel the joy. But what I want to say is, the joy that we feel when we sing the carols is pointing us to something else. It's pointing us to the joy that we get from Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him, if he isn't in your heart, then the joy we get from the carols is kind of a fake. Because the real thing is what we get from Jesus. But if he is in your heart, if he's in your home, if he is there eating with you, then the joy that we sense from the carols is real. I'm going to finish with this. Zacchaeus, I had Zacchaeus' story read earlier. Zacchaeus is a picture of somebody who opened the door to Jesus Christ. It's not a Christmas story, but he's a picture of somebody who opened the door to Jesus Christ. Jesus, Zacchaeus heard his story, so he heard the voice of Jesus. He opened the door. I love imagining the story of Zacchaeus. We know that Zacchaeus was a short man. and We know that he was also kind of an outcast. He lived in a little town called Jericho. And one day he heard that Jesus Christ was coming through his town. And Zacchaeus thought to himself, what am I going to do? Before Jesus came, he got up and he climbed up onto a tree. Did you know that was a really big risk for him? Zacchaeus was a hated person. People hated him. They called him a sinner. That was their title for him. And he got onto a place where everyone could see him. And he knew a great crowd of people was coming. And there would have been every reason for him not to do so. But he wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see who Jesus was so much they climbed up that tree. And the Bible tells us that Jesus came with a great crowd and stopped and looked up. And he looked at Zacchaeus. I can imagine everyone else was looking at Zacchaeus too. I can imagine what Zacchaeus was thinking and feeling in his heart. And you know what Jesus said? He said his name. He said, Zacchaeus. I must stay at your house today. Come down now. Amazing. Same words. I must stay at your house. And Jesus did it with urgency. At that moment, Zacchaeus had a choice. He could stay in that tree and hide forever. 
or come down. And he came down, and the Bible tells us, rejoicing. And the people around him started talking, started saying things that didn't matter. Zacchaeus welcomed him into his home, and Jesus Christ went to his home, and they had a meal together. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. This house has received salvation. Friends, I'm going to leave this question on the screen. I'm going to have a few minutes. I want you to ask this question. What door is Jesus knocking on? What door is Jesus Christ knocking on your life? And I want to encourage you to open the door to Jesus Christ because he wants to dine. He wants to dwell with you. I'm going to give you a few minutes of silence so you can hear the voice of Jesus Christ while we wait. Oh. 
Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's been a wonderful evening. I've certainly enjoyed it. I've got a couple of announcements, and then we have one final song, which is Joy to the World. Um, I do want to say thank you to all the volunteers. Um, uh, Pastor Larry and I kind of threw this together, but we've had so much help from so many people, and I can't name everyone, but I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to everyone that's helped. So, Merry Christmas. May the Lord bless you, and let's stand, and we'll sing Joy to the World together. Let's sing together. Joy to the world, the Thanks, Matthew. Lord Actually, okay. is
It's joyful. It's joyful. It's joyful.